Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Believe, Build, Conquer. I'm your host, Sykes. Today, I've got an awesome guest on. He is, I like to call him the Croatian beast. He is a family man, a salesman, a jiu-jitsu practitioner, and an overall awesome human being. His name is Marco Bernic. Welcome to the show today, Marco. Thanks, man. It's uh, good to be here. Awesome, man. I'm, I'm really glad to have you on. I've been excited about having you on. Um, you know, as most of the listeners are aware, we cover a lot of different topics on Believe, Build, Conquer. And primarily, that's the whole idea. We want to talk to people that believe in themselves and others, build skills and techniques, and conquer their fears and dreams. And Marco um, is a man who's done that. I met Marco about six months ago. And like, as you've heard many of my guests, I met Marco through doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and uh, just kind of the testament to how awesome of human beings engage themselves in the craft of doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, but there's so much more to this man than just BJJ, um, you know, and as many of you know, I am also a sales trainer and Marco has a, a great sales background and a great overall story. So that's why I wanted to have him on today because, you know, uh, just like most people, you know, we all walk a tough road and Marco embodies how you can walk a tough road and, and still create a great life for yourself. So if you don't mind, Marco, just introduce yourself, tell them a little bit about yourself and, uh, yeah. Let's learn. All right, man. Uh, so a little bit about myself is, so I have an interesting name, Marco Bernic. Uh, so a Croatian kid from Cleveland is the best way to put it. Uh, that now lives in small town USA. Um, uh, came, you know, I was raised by immigrants. Um, so that's kind of a little bit different than what's most in our area right now. Um, not many people, you know, if you hear someone speaking another language, everyone turns heads, but being from Cleveland, uh, growing up with, you know, immigrant grandparents as I was raised by my grandparents, um, it was just a normal lifestyle. And, uh, yeah, man, that's just a little story about Marco. Um, very cool, yeah. man. Like, so, you know, it, it, it did now, did you, were you born here or were you born in Croatia and then came here? No, I was born here. So my grandparents were, so technically Bosnia, um, we're Croatian Bosnians and I don't need to go into the backstory of that. That's just a Google search on what's the difference between Bosnians and Croatians and Croatian Bosnians. Um, just, you know, ethnic differences. Um, so technically my grandparents immigrated from, from Bosnia, um, close to the capital of Sarajevo. Uh, my father was born in Bosnia and then my mother was born here. Um, and then I was actually born here as well. So, um, I came later in the stages. So, but I always joke with being raised by my grandparents, I might as well have been raised in Bosnia. <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's cool. So it's like, really, you got, you got to have that awesome mix of, of, of you know, the Bosnian uh, Croatian type culture mixed with, uh, you know, growing up in, in the eighties, nineties type culture in America. So that, that's, that's really super cool. Um, and you know, did, did you find any challenges with that growing up? Cause I mean, you know, and I, I don't, I don't dig into too much of that on my, um, my podcast episodes, but you know, obviously there, there, you know, there's people with different types of beliefs and tensions out there. Did you run into any challenges or anything with that growing up or was it pretty, uh, just normal for you? I mean, definitely not normal. I was definitely the kid that brought, uh, odd lunches to school. <laughs> um, so, um, I mean, I thought it was pretty normal growing up. Um, but looking back, you know, probably not. Um, I did have to deal with, you know, my grandparents spoke very broken English. My grandma better than my grandfather. My grandfather, uh, there was days I was like, yeah, the what? <laughs> like, what'd you say? So, going out, there was always people that got frustrated with them um, as far as if we're at a restaurant and ordering. And so, you know, I'm the little seven-year-old that's jumping in like, all right, my grandfather, you know, my grandfather will take this um, as ordering for him. Um, but stuff like that. I mean, yeah, we, we had diversity um, growing up and stuff, but I think a lot of, a lot of hate, you know, nowadays people put it on race and stuff. I think a lot of it's ethnic, honestly. And so you kind of deal with that as long if people are different, there's always going to be different viewpoints on them. So um, that's kind of, if you look at my last name, you'll see that people just automatically looked at us a little differently growing up. So sure. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, it's, and it is, it's really, it's really interesting. And that's what I, I work with a lot of my students that I teach and so forth about, it, we have this map in our mind of the world, mm -hmm. right? You know, and it's like, you know, it's almost like, you know, a geographical map, you know, there's hills, there's, there's buildings, there's rivers, and there's these different things. And, and, and what often happens is people, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll see somebody or experience somebody who does, it seems foreign to their map. And then instantly, uh, you know, the human mind wants to build a defense to that. Like we Absolutely. don't recognize that map. We, that doesn't fit on our map. So we need to be apprehensive and, and everything about it. And so, you know, because as human beings, we just, we, there's a something in us that we want to be right. Absolutely. Instead of doing what's right. And I think that, the, the, uh, unfortunately, our culture is built in, in the, the American culture that's been built in a way where we, we, whether it's intentional or unintentional, we've ran into that sort of thing where, you know, people kind of struggle with that. And it's like, I would rather, I, I want to be right. I'm not seeking to do what's right. Because, you know, there's always your truth, my truth, and there's the truth. Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, and I think that's the challenge we run into, whether it be with the racial or ethnical, you know, backgrounds and stereotypes and things. When in the end, you know, we're, we're all just people just trying to make it. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I think that something that people lack nowadays, and I don't know if it's ever or whatever, but asking questions, man. Like, asking someone else questions, like – had you like the people that kind of looked at my grandmother, you know, growing up um, and you know, that person that the waitress that got frustrated at Applebee's or whatever the case might be. Um, they didn't know that, you know, at midnight in 1968, that my grandmother escaped communism in the middle of the night, holding two children and pregnant with another one. Wow. They didn't know that, you know, and her and my grandfather, you know, they're, they're communist Bosnia and they're like, you know, we got to get out of here. And in the middle of the night, escaped and went to Austria and made it to Austria, stayed there, and then eventually came to America, got to New York. Because once you get, you got to get sponsored. So they came over here very legally, <laughs> got sponsored, <laughs> and then um, went to Cleveland because that was industrial. You know, that's an easy place for, you know, foreigners to get jobs. Um, sure. Just like they always say, like Irish people came through, like uh, um, through New York and stuff. A lot of Croatians went to your industrial towns of Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Chicago, um, places that they could, you know, put their hard work and labor into. So that's awesome. That's a, that's a believe, build, conquer story itself. I mean, just to think of of people just up and walking away from their entire life mm -hmm. to to go be somewhere, you know. And yet, even though they knew it was a better move and it was safer for them, like that's incredible. That you know that. And, and I admire people that have the ability and the wherewithal to be able to jump up and just go, you know what? I understand this is scary and we don't know what's on the other side, but, but we recognize where we're at is not a good situation. We have to improve upon that. So that's a really like believing in yourself that you're making the right decision, building a plan to go somewhere and then conquering that by actually taking the action to do it. That's, that's insane. And it's awesome. Yeah. To, to add to that. So my grandmother, uh, my grandfather was the, uh, the rock of it. He was the big, you know, the, he was our provider growing up, but my grandfather, my grandmother was the rock. I mean, she, she's the one that even the neighborhood kids, like my friends called her Baba, which was uh, grandmother in Croatian. Um, all my friends, you know, doesn't matter who they were. They were saying, Hey, but you know, Hey Baba. But when she came, when they came over here, so my grandfather went into welding. Um, that's what he was kind of known for. Um, my grandmother also worked in a machine shop, but then she started her own business. So like going from literally nothing, escaping Bosnia to starting her own housekeeping business and was very, very well known in all sorts of communities um, for being one of the best house, you know, house cleaners in the world or not in the world, but in Cleveland. Um, it was, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, man. And I mean, and with that comes, you know, with being an entrepreneur in your business, I mean, it's not just like, hey, we're going to start this up. I mean, you have to understand, you know, do, do you know how to produce? You know, can you market? Can you sell? Oh, market uh, My grandmother, so we're Roman Catholic. Uh -huh. She was posting in the Jewish newspapers because she knew that that's where her client, a lot of her clientele was. So, yeah, this, you know, little Croatian Roman Catholic lady that's four foot 11 posting in the Jewish news. And, you know, that's where all of her business came from because she knew how to market. She knew where her clientele was. Um, and she specifically went to the areas that 
you know, she knew that they paid well. And so she's like, I'm going to start it here. And so for the people that are familiar with Cleveland, she was in orange and pepper pike and you know, all your nicer areas. So, wow. Um, so she was a smart lady when it came to that. That's cool. And I'm, I'm going to assume that uh, your, you, you know, your grandparents, you, this is where you got this, uh, amazing personality and sales acumen that you have. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give credit to my grandfather for that. So as much as my grandmother was great at that stuff. So when I was a child, you know, five, six years old, wasn't in school yet. My grandfather, he got, he hurt his back, um, had a back injury in the, in the eighties. And so he got put on disability and so he needed to make an income. And so he was a very, um, crafty individual. And so he would, um, I'm not not ashamed of this. So he would go and pick trash, like people that threw away a picnic table or a dresser or something. Mm-hmm. He would refurbish it to brand new, and then he would take it to flea markets and sell them there. And there was a lot of good flea markets up in the Cleveland area, um, you know, 45-minute hour drives outside of Cleveland. And so in the mornings, when I was five, six years old. Saturday morning, he'd scoop me up. I'd still be sleeping. I'd wake up in the van that, you know, he was – out there and he'd already unloaded the van and stuff. And I'd wake up and there he is like negotiating with people and like selling. Cause that's what you do at flea markets. You negotiate, Hey, I'll give you 50 bucks for this and you know, 20 yeah. for that. And so I kind of, I think that's really honestly where it started um, was just waking up and just seeing that as my first memories of being a child. Um, Getting was, to see that hustle. Yeah, you know, for sure. Know. I mean, it's, and, and I admire that because you know, that's a, that's a good lesson, you know, out there. And if you're listening to this, definitely write that down, you know, what you lack in resources, you can make up so much for in resourcefulness. So like whatever he lacked and whatever he was able to get, you know, in one way, you know, Hey, you know, you go out, you find something. See, I used to do that in Athens, Ohio too. And, I, and I'm not ashamed to admit that myself. Um, they don't let you do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, the university cracked down on it, but like some of these college students would just throw televisions, stereos, oh, yeah. Yeah. microwaves, tea, you know, kitchen tables. They would throw this stuff away. And I grew up very impoverished. So um, some of it was, you know, to, to do resale for financial gain, but some of it was just simply was so nice that I cleaned it up and kept it for myself Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, because I just simply couldn't afford these other things. Or, uh, and I did flea markets as well when I was 19 years old and was starting to run a pretty successful flea market business. And I would do stuff like that too. So I, I really admire him for doing that. And that's a good lesson on, you know, when you don't have resources, get resourceful because that, that can make the difference in, in steering your life in a way that's, that's, that's positive And it's going to, you know, help you to build yourself in a way that, that's going to change your life and, and make it a, just a resourceful output. So, absolutely. Um, so like, as you seen this, like where, where, where did it start for you in actuality? I mean, obviously it started where you went with him and you experience these things, and you sure you helped him out and moving this and helping him with that. But like, what what was your first foray? Did you did you love sales, or was it a kind of a unintentional accident, or what? How did you get into it yourself? I think it was kind of just following, and just I felt comfortable with it. Um, it when I was younger, as well, my grandmother. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of like the lifetime pots and pans. Mm-hmm. She was a door to door salesperson on that, and so I'd go on stuff like that. So I just felt comfortable with it, and so. I remember my first sales thing was in high school. It was a multi-level marketing scheme. It was those Cutco knives. <laughs> and um, it was, they, it was at the time it was, uh, you know, all the kids were doing it. And so I would, you know, call, Hey, you know, can I just do this presentation for you and stuff? You don't have to buy anything. It's just, I get a spiff on it. Yeah. And I did that for like two months and I was like, yeah, this is not going to work. <laughs> like this is <laughs> the company's just not there anymore. <laughs> and so I don't even know if they're still in business or not. Um, well, the knives ain't good. Uh, they were really good. Wow. They were really good. I'm not, I still have some of the knives from but the, just the business model. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, <laughs> it was just interesting. <laughs> um, and then I went to college. So I played, you know, I played soccer my entire life being Croatian soccer is love. I mean, if, if, I fell right now, soccer balls would fall out of my knee instead of blood <laughs> because <laughs> it's just, that's what we do. And so I played soccer my entire life. Um, and when I went to college, I, I really, I was going to play soccer and I didn't have the grades because just wasn't, you know, grades were not a priority for me in growing up. And so I went to Ohio state university, Newark, um, the, which was a D three at the time. And I played soccer there 
and the soccer season was over and I was like, Oh, I have to do the school stuff again. And I was like, you know what? I mean, great for people that do like my brother and my sister are two of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life. They, they finished school. This just not for me. Like, I wish I could be like them. And I tell them, I've told them multiple times, like I'm jealous of them, but they that's, you know, my brother graduated from OU and then my sister graduated from John Carroll. So two like prestigious universities. Um, and then here's Marco at Ohio state university, Newark, which was open enrollment. And so once, once school or soccer was over, I met my wife who I didn't know was going to be my wife that I knew, but she didn't um, <laughs> at the time. And I was like, you know, school's just not for me. I, I just can't do this anymore. And so we moved back to Cleveland. Um, she moved back with me and I got a job at FYE. Um, the the music store yeah yeah that um that that was kind of my thing and i was 18 19 years old um and i became like a what equivalent to their assistant manager at the stores and so that's pretty cool i'm pretty good at this sort of thing you know and felt comfortable and so then it just took off from there so that's such a good story man (laughs) I, i i really appreciate that because you know you you often hear varying degrees of stories from from salespeople it's and so often they want to spruce it up to be this big sexy story of like how oh, I went in and I, I closed 10,000 oh, yeah. people and yeah. you, hear, you hear this and I'm not saying that doesn't happen because it does but it, it's refreshing to hear just a good authentic story it's like hey man you know like it's just I just you know had this opportunity and I took it um and you know that 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 was kind of the way you know mine was i'm not gonna go into my story this is about you but you know my grandparents they ran a grocery store and then i became a merchant and a retailer and uh you know and just from there i just enjoyed working with people and i really enjoyed having the conversation and building relationships with people and you know i guess that would kind of be my my next phase or question whatever you want to call it that i go into with you you know sales have changed so much oh yeah over the last, you know, 50 years. I mean, you think, uh, you know, if you go back and watch some of the old, these old training videos or some of this old stuff from like the 1960s and 70s, and you got like your door-to-door salespeople, whether it be Amway or Kirby Sweepers or, um, oh, what was that, Herbalife. Mm -hmm. They had some of these things that were out then. And I think some of them are even still around. I think maybe all of them are. I bought a Kirby recently on a door-to-door sales. I I, I own one too, but they're actually, and if you're listening out there, I'm not trying to help Kirby. (laughs) Uh, But but they actually are really good sweepers. I've had one for 15 years and it works like a million bucks. Uh, But yeah, like you go and you see all this, like the the guy or the gal comes up and they're like, Hey, um, you can tell that I've memorized a script and this is incredibly postured and ridiculous. So let me come in and tell you why, if you don't buy what I have, you should feel really guilty and bad about yourself. And, uh, you know, this might be your only chance. And when I leave, you can feel terrible. And I absolutely despise that. And I really believe that most people nowadays, too. What's been your experience coming up? You know, you get like some of these companies and they're like, here's our training program. And then they're telling you to read off scripts and basically make people feel bad and manipulate and all these things. And and you know in your heart it's just a crock of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's sorry, but it just that's what it is. And you're like, no, man, I care about people and I want people to get the most out of it. So how was your experience of like with that? Did you have any problems with that? Like with companies like you need to do it this way, but your heart told you, no, that's not right. This is the way to do it and build sales through relationships. Absolutely. So I worked for a company before I worked at my current job um, that went out of business, but they were exactly like that like follow us to a script every every morning before our shifts we had you know a meeting a sales training meeting and it was like all right this is what you know how are you going to say this we have to keep these little seven steps of the sales card that were i don't even remember it was not like what you would normally consider like steps of a sale mm-hmm. but they're like you have to follow us to a t you have to keep this in your wallet if you don't if you know our district manager comes in and he asks you for that card if you don't have it in your wallet you're getting written up sort of ordeal. And there's a reason that company is no longer in business. It was a major company. Um, and I'm glad that I left before that company closed. But <laughs> like now, you know, the way from even when I started at mattress firms where I work seven years ago to now is a different animal, a way different animal them. Uh, we're constantly changing. And that's a beautiful thing about companies that are successful as they change with the times. And, you know, be, I would say I'm an old dog trying to teach, learn new tricks, but 
there's still like matches firm lets us be who we are as salespeople. And for me, I'm a rapport building salesman. I think number one, you need to build rapport from the moment you walk through my doors. I ask you, have you ever been in before? And you say yes or no. If you say, say no, I'll go, what took you so long? And you know, your guards broken down, it's down. And here we are, we're having a conversation now. Um, Or even if you say yes, I was like, what took so long to come back? And they may have been in six hours ago. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But um, you've got to build that rapport because it it builds trust. And I think that's in life in general. I mean, you've got to build rapport with people. Um, And that's kind of circles back to our talks from earlier is people don't ask questions. There's not that rapport between a lot of people today. And so um, I think if we just, you know, showed that we cared, um, you can get a lot further in life. Um, and that's how I treat sales. So, Yeah. You know, and I appreciate that because that, that's been my approach and that's what I teach my students in my sales course as well is, you know, you, you can mess up a lot of other things, but, but you can't mess up rapport. If you do not have rapport and you are not treating that person like, it's your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your kids, your, your brother or sister or a best friend. You need to treat that person like, I love you and I want you to get the best thing that <laughs> yeah. you can have. It sounds funny and cliche, but like it truly makes the difference. If people know you care, that they, they, they will buy from you. And, you know, it was um, something I learned from my brother-in-law, which you know as well, uh, Joe Taylor. He, you know, he, he is an absolute master salesman. Yes, and he is. He, um, he taught me, I mean, he's eight years younger than me, and he taught me a long time ago when I was sucking at sales. Yeah. Bad. I didn't have no business teaching anybody, anybody anything about it back then. But he taught me, he's like, Sykes, he said, people don't buy from salespeople and strangers. They buy from friends. He's oh, like, so you need to make friends with people and not fake friends. You need to make genuine friends with people yeah. and build relationships. And he said, if you do that, people aren't, you don't have to ask people to buy. They're going to ask you to buy from you. Absolutely. And, and so I, I'm, I'm refreshed to hear that, that, that your company and you do that uh, because I think that that's a huge difference maker. And I think the people in sales that are going to win going forward in the 2020s are going to be people that are relationship builders, the people that are going to say, you know what? Yeah, I, I can fib to you a little bit and get this thousand dollar commission. Yeah. But instead of that, I'm going to be good to these people and treat them well. And I might only make $250 instead, but you know what? By me giving them a true experience, they're going to come back and they're going to tell their friends and family generations. And then by helping people get what they want without expecting the big haul in return, you still get what you need in this world. I, I, I believe that's been my findings in sales is that you do good for people without expecting you know, all these things in return and, and your needs are met. Well, and that too, but also in the, in the day and age we live, there is a dangerous, dangerous tool out there that people can call your bluff anytime within seconds. And that is called Google. Yes. <laughs> That's something that seven years ago wasn't that big of a deal. You know, you can kind of get by with like, you know, whatever, if the TV, yeah, this thing, you know, this TV makes you breakfast and people, Oh, that's great. You know, whatever, just to do something outlandish. But now if I were to tell you, you know, this TV makes you breakfast you look down and within five seconds, no, it doesn't. And so that trust factor is, is gone at that point. The second, you know, um, so social media is something that also in the internet is something completely different than it was before. Um, and what I find myself doing is, I am working like a social media leads now um, where I'm using Facebook and I've actually gone to like Facebook buy, sell trade pages to get people to come to me at my corporate job, you know, at my, my, like my retail job. Um, And that's something that especially due to COVID has been like a huge thing. And so um, that's also changing with the times. And so it's trying to learn how to build rapport over a screen is a little different nowadays. Um, and so I treat it though as well. Like, you know, generally like I'm texting my friend, Hey, you know, um, someone says, Hey, do you have a queen mattress? And Hey, yeah. You know, is there a budget you're looking for and stuff? And so I can start building that rapport over, over that part, but, um, that's it, a different animal than it was five years ago. Well, even two years ago, honestly. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's been a huge shift in the, in the sales industry. And I know, um, 
it, it was challenging for me right at the very beginning when COVID hit and talking, you know, March of 2020, when really things started locking down and everything, you know, I was sitting here and I'm a very relationship builder. Like I would travel and I, cause I sell internet as well. And I, I would travel and I would go sell internet uh, at places and just get to meet people in person. And then now it's just like to get past gatekeepers and things like mm-hmm. that. And then to actually get somebody on, on a zoom call or, or, or whatever, or a phone call can be really challenging. Um, which is why this relationship building, you know, way of sales is more important than ever. It is about letting people know you really care uh, about what they're getting and that you're looking out for the best interest. And it's, Absolutely. it's more than about, you know, yeah, you're, you're trying to make money. I don't think there's any oh, secret. Yeah. You want to make money. <laughs> Baby's uh, got to eat. <laughs> yeah. Got to eat, you know, got to pay, got to pay the bills. Um, but at the same time, you know, you get more of what you want by helping people get really what they want. And, uh, you know, and that word of mouth, uh, and that's, that actually brings up something else. And a lot of people, you know, reviews are great and everything. And you got all these, these metrics for, you know, how people buy, but w- would you agree that word of mouth, even at, with the internet and everything, it's still the biggest thing. Absolutely. I, I incentivize people to tell their friends if they buy from me, Hey, you know, tell three of your friends, give them my card. They bring that card in and they buy from me, come back and get a pillow from me or something. You know, it's on me because um, I think a a company a few years ago did a study and I want to say it was like with with Tempur-Pedic owners, they would tell 12 of their friends, either they like what they're sleeping on or they don't, or they'll just say, Hey, this is what I sleep on. That 12 people, you know, think about how many customers you see, you know, throughout a year and they're telling 12 friends. And if that one of those 12 friends comes in and buys or looks at Tempur-Pedic, then they tell 12 friends. So word of mouth is going to be number one, I think, for eternity. I don't think that's ever going to go away. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I would totally agree with that. Um, You know, like, obviously, you really like the company that you work for and everything. And it's fabulous. Like, do do you see yourself continuing to move up and, and train more people do you, or do you just like kind of just being right in the, in, in the store and, and being in the trenches doing it? There's no real wrong answers to that. I don't, I yeah. don't think, uh, but you know, there's different types of ambitions. I mean, it, you, where, where, where's your goals and, and outcomes lie? So, so I'll, I'll explain what I like about the sales aspect of it is I enjoy the mental game that you play with people. I love the psychology. I'm not a mental game, but trying to just figure out the psychology of the sale. Um, um, you know, based on, I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to give me a response. How am I going to analyze that response and where are we going to go with it? And that is an exhausting thing to do. And, you know, my, I work 10 hour shifts. I probably see customers for a total of two to three hours a day, but I come home and I'm exhausted. And my wife's like, really, you just sat around, you know, um, do it right in the schedule or something. And I'm like, honey, it's mentally exhausting, but I love it. However, I am a very competitive person. I, I want to move up. I, I want to be the best and, or I want to lead people. I want my name to be out there. And so, um, my interview with this company seven years ago, they were like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And it was my district manager at the time. I said, I want to be in your shoes. And so now I'm seven years in and I'm one step away from being at that level. So um, constantly, you know, anytime there's a promotion or anything, everyone knows Marco's name is going to be in this because he's going to, you know, throw it, throw it out there. Um, And so my, my goal um, and, and as crazy as this sounds is so for a long time, being and this, I'm gonna throw in a little jujitsu here, so I know we keep talking about it. But for a long time, living where we live in small town USA, being a kid from a big city and not knowing people, I did not have friends. Like mm-hmm. I had acquaintances, people that I knew, you know, hey, what's going on and stuff. But majority of my day was just sitting around, and okay. you know, at home and with my son. You know, I have a great bond with my son, as you know, and um, but. Then I joined the gym and where we live, where, you know, your last guest, Marty works at and became really good friends with Marty. I consider him a brother. Like if that man came to me one day and said, I'm cold and I need a shirt, dude, off my back. Here it is for you. Indeed. Um, And I think a lot of that with everyone at the Academy and then the Academy opened up and I had a very, very poor experience at a previous Academy. Mm -hmm. 
which was that unnamed place, but it, I'm a big guy. So if anyone's listening and they think they can't do something, I am 358 pounds and I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I have two gold medals, a silver and a stripe, which means that little piece of tape doesn't mean anything to a lot of people, but it means a lot to me. And for anyone that's listening, you can do this. I promise you can. So, but, so I messaged this other place and I was like, Hey, I'm a big guy. I've really wanted to try this. You know, it's just something that I, I just stress relief. Cause I was, a, I fought a lot of demons and stressed. And so I was like, this sounds like a great thing to do. So the guy's like, well, let me call you back. So he calls me back in the morning. And then he goes, yeah, I mean, you could join. I just don't know if anyone's going to be willing to drill and roll with you because you're big, you're a big guy. And I wow. took, I, I was like, wow. <laughs> like, and I really, at that point, hated the city we live in. I really did. I was like, to me, that was the embodiment of everything, even though it's not. But to me, you know, tunnel vision, as we always talk in jujitsu, yeah. that's what I had. I was like, I hate this place. And then so I joined the gym and then I messaged Joe and I said, Joe, same thing. I was like, I'm a big guy can I do this? Joe said within seconds said, absolutely. Just come out and try it. Join the family. Just try it one time. And from that moment on, I was there. And so, but for a long time, like I said, I hated, hated where we live. Mm-hmm. It's like, I need out of this. I don't care what we do. I'd fight with my wife and argue like, you know, why'd you bring me here in this sort of situation? And so I, that's kind of what my my reasoning on trying to get promoted because I was like, I want to take a district manager job and let them put me across the city or across the country. You know, I just yeah. want to get out of this place. I don't care if it's Raleigh, North Carolina or, you know, whatever. I specifically wanted Cleveland because I do miss home a lot. Sure. Um, but now being with all you guys and this brotherhood that we have developed, like I want to earn my black belt under Joe Taylor. Like yeah. I don't, I don't want to leave. Like, and so before it was like in this position, even when I interviewed for the current position I'm in, I was like, how long till I get, you know, what's, what's the step? How long until the next step? You know, yeah. how long do I have to be in this position? And I was trying to push the process. And it's funny, my wife, who's going back to school to be an RN, um, she's like, well, I can speed it up to be about a year and a half left of schooling. I said, great, do that. Cause you know, we'll be out of here. I just, and she's like, but we'll have to pay for it. I was like, I'll pay for your college, you know, tuition and stuff. So that way she's not tied to work. Two weeks ago, I said, why don't you hit up work and see if they'll pay your tuition? Take it out two, three years if you have to. I was like, I'm okay where we're at now. Um, So yes, I still want to be a district manager down the road. I'd love to take over the current market I'm in. So we don't have to necessarily move. Um, But it's either Columbus or Cleveland is ideal for me. So yeah. And that's, that's really awesome. And I appreciate you sharing because I'll tell you, you know, and it, yeah, this, this brotherhood that we've built down there is, is so huge. And, um, you know, I had a previous podcast with uh, Carlos Mendez um, where we talked about, you know, why jujitsu is so much more than just a martial art. It's more than just self-defense, you know, and, I know what it's done for me personally. It's, it's changed my life. And I know and we, we've talked about it. Yeah. It's changed yours too. How much did it change for you? I mean, not just, I mean, obviously in your personal life, you know, the friendships that you made and the bonds, did it, did it do a lot for you in sales? I mean, obviously you were already very good at sales, but did it like add a new breath of life into that too? Back to that tunnel vision. I don't get tunnel vision when I'm in selling that or I'm selling anything before it'd be like, I really want to get you into this bed because I think it's right for you. And in jujitsu, what we've learned is don't get tunnel vision because then you'll get caught. And I think it's helped me tremendously. And it also helps me slow down in sales. Um, we you don't, you know, don't try to let's go through this customer, you know, I see, yes, I'll build a rapport and stuff, but let's get on to the next one as well, because I see money there. I do take my time more. Um, but then I also, you know, spent a lot of my day watching jujitsu videos. <laughs> um, so <laughs> there's that aspect of it too. So I, I'm guilty as charged yeah. as well, man. But now that's really cool. And it's, it's neat how all this stuff ties in together, you know, which is what I really like to do on the show, you know, talking about, you know, your family, your background and, and, you know, talking about sales, talk about jujitsu. It, it's, it's so important that, um, you know, that we look at our lives and realize that we're not all that different as people and that really we're all after the same thing. And really what that is is fulfillment. 
It yeah. isn't necessarily the one physical thing or an actual thing, but the but the it's like a spiritual thing. We just want to feel fulfilled. We want to live. We want to love, and we want to matter. So and that sounds like that's what you're doing. Man. Yeah. So, um, I in my opinion, there's five like big moments in a person's life that can make or break a moment or make or break their life on how they're going to kind of the outcome of how the rest of their life's going to be. And this, we're going to go into a little bit of personal detail here and um, I won't try to go too much into it, but I was like not a good human being like throughout high school. And like, yeah, I had great friends and stuff, but I really, yeah, I cared about girls. That was like my number one priority. Big reason why I didn't have a great GPA is because let's skip class, go somewhere else, you know, that sort of ordeal. Mm-hmm. Me and my wife used to, when uh, we first got together, we would fight so much. We would argue about the littlest things I would snap. Uh, we'd always say I'm the Hulk because I just <laughs> snap on an instant. Never, you know, it was always just arguments and stuff. And then my big moment was the day my son was born. Instantaneously, I became a in a different human being. I was a different man because then I had this responsibility and that fulfilled something that I didn't know I was looking for. Um, and so the day Dom was born uh, was the day that, you know, my whole life changed. And now I've raised a little best friend of mine, <laughs> but he, uh, that was like the big day. And then jujitsu was be- joining, doing jujitsu has been my other big one. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it. Dom's a great kid, it, like you and Brittany have done just such a great job raising him, and uh, and you're passing that on. I, hopefully, you don't mind me bringing this up, but like you guys are passing that on. He is like a champion. This kid is far more advanced than I am <laughs> as far as in <laughs> jujitsu. Um, he and he likes to ride this train a little bit because. He does, he does it for fun. He knows not to really talk like this to me. Um, but I'll ask him to take out the trash. And in powerlifting, he owns 54 state records. He's ranked number one in the country in his age and weight class. I am not. <laughs> and so, like, I like Sina, which is son in Croatian. That's what I call him. I Sina, why don't you go take out the trash? And he's as he's taken out, he goes, I have more state records than you do. And joking around. And so, he, yeah. and then he has two two stripes in jujitsu. I have one. So this kid, but you know, I'd much rather it be that way. I'd rather him take everything. He's competing at nationals in powerlifting this year um, in June in Daytona beach, Florida at nine years old. Um, He'll be 10 at that time. But um, yeah, this, this kid, I'd, like I said, I'd much rather him be, be the top dog. Um, But yeah, he's, He's a he's an interesting little kid. He's a great little boy. So. He he is. I, I love the kid to death. And every time I see him, I got to give him a hard time. And then Uh-oh, then yeah. I usually let him beat me up a little bit. He looks forward to that. And and, and <laughs> you know what? And honestly, I don't have to let him do too much. He's 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 he's, he's just really really exceptionally talented mm. and stuff. But I love that because you you know through everything that you've had from your grandparents and that you that they built that you've built, and it's it's awesome to see that continue on and, and that you and Brittany have, have passed that on to him and just seeing just what a well-rounded human being he is and, and that he's uh, just super talented. He's super fun and respectful and, and just, just an overall, you guys are just a great family. And I just, Thanks, I, I just thank the world of you guys for that. Um, you know, it's, it's, and that's kind of another important aspect. And, you know, uh, you know, I'm guilty on my podcast of doing a little jumping around, but, I like to do this to illustrate how everything really is connected. Absolutely. Um, you know, with family. And I know you said like, you didn't feel like you were the best human being before, but you know, and, and none of us are perfect, but and I'm certainly I, not anymore, but still, but what I see now is I just see this, this incredible da- dynamic family that you guys have. And, and just that, that's part of the believe, build, conquer philosophy is just knowing like, Hey, I'm just looking, you know, I'm not in a competition with anybody else. I'm just looking to get a little bit better than I was yesterday. Yeah. It's, you know, and that ties into the jujitsu that ties into sales that ties into family life. Um, you know, you just, you don't have to compare yourself to anyone else. You just want to be a little bit better than you was the day before. And if you can do that, great. And you know what? So what? Maybe on a given day, you screw it all up. It's okay. Use it as a school to learn from, not a club to beat yourself with. 
and then you just pick yourself back up and go. But that's what I've I, I, I really loved about having you as a, as a teammate and now a, a good friend is that, you know, just continuing to see how you've grown, um, you know, not just as a jiu-jitsu practitioner, but, but as a human being mm-hmm. and, and how it's increasing the whole of your life. And, you know, and, and people love you and look forward to, to having you, I know, come into the academy and, you know, and then, you know, we also try, you know, we're all busy people. We try yeah. to hang out when we can on Absolutely. the outside, you know, and fellowship in that way too. Um, but it's, it's just really amazing how all this ties together and how, you know, no matter what part of your life you're in, if you were the authentic you everywhere you go, mm-hmm. it just, it's that rising tide raises all ships thing. I Absolutely. say that a lot, but it's really true. Um, you know, so I will go back to the jujitsu for a second, just because I'm, I'm, I'm curious. So you want to, it's a common you, ground for us. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really <laughs> is. And, and so I know you, you want to be a black belt under Joe, like that's, that's, that's really awesome. Like, you know, is there, is there a time frame? Is there a goal you want to do that in? Or is it just something that you want to eventually have just at some point when, time's ready how does that work for you because i know each one of our journeys is different i say i want to be a black belt by 60 i'm almost 45 now i want to be a black belt by 60 uh, that's probably a conservative figure i could probably do it by 55 if i really bust my hump uh, but that's just my journey you know what what's what's marco's journey through this i mean uh, i want to become a black belt whenever joe thinks i'm ready to be a black belt um i Unfortunately, I because of work and stuff, I can't train as much as the other guys like you got you and Austin and everyone else. Um, but you know what? I, I put the work in when I'm there, and so whenever Joe feels like I'm ready, you know, even for my next stripe, um, that whenever it happens, it happens. I'd love to happen in the next 15 years, um, but we'll see. You know, we mm-hmm. we don't know. Um, I did find myself when, you know, before I got that first stripe, I was getting a little antsy because, you know, all my, all you guys, all my buddies had a first stripe. And that night that Joe gave me that first stripe, I got in the car and I broke down in tears because I was happy. And so I wanted to get over that hurdle first. Mm -hmm. And then now what, you know, whenever I'm, whenever Joe feels like I'm ready, he's the man he knows. (laughs) Um, And so that's kind of where. That that's really cool. Well, thanks for sharing that with yeah. me because you know that's that's everybody's kind of got their own private journey with it, yeah. and and I kind of agree. In the end, that's it's the same way for me. I don't really go in thinking about, um, you know, like oh, it's today the day that I get this or that. It's like I I just go and I'm like, what can I learn today? And all that other stuff will come. Absolutely, you know, yep. it, it'll come with it and and everything. But um, man, this this has been an awesome time talking yeah, with you, man. For sure. Um, and you know, it's it's just really awesome to learn about you and your family and your life and, and your ambitions. Um, is there anything you like anything you haven't done in your life yet that you really want to do? Man, uh, nothing that stands. I mean, uh, I have simple goals as far as like, I want to go see certain events happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go to, I've never, so I'm a huge soccer fan. I want to go to Italy and see AC Milan play. I want to see Croatia play um, on a national level, that type of stuff. I'd love to see my Cleveland Browns win a Super Bowl 2021, <laughs> 2022, I guess, hey, at this hey, point. Yeah, right. right. Um, I, there's stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I've done so far in life. I've, you know, I've experienced a lot. I've experienced little on other things. Um, but there's nothing that, you know, if something pops up, I want to go do it and stuff. And, you know, I'll find a way to, to go do that. Um, but I'm pretty happy with where, where life's taken me so far. So. I love that, man. Because that, that's something I, I talk a lot about with my listeners, with my students is about in, in my, my family. And I, we practice this um, is the gratitude. It's, it's, it's okay to want for, for more things, but, but you got to love where you're at and, and, and be happy with what you have first, yeah. because you know, it doesn't open the universe to give you much more if you're, you know, not grateful for what you already have. And mm-hmm. I, I'm loving it that you said that because, you know, just, and I can tell, you know, by the way you conduct your, your life anytime I'm around you, it's yeah. just like, you're like, you know what? I'm giving, I'm giving the best I got to give and I'm happy with that. And that's, that's, that's yeah. real important that you, that you carry that gratitude and everything with you. Um, if there was any advice you could give to somebody, 
out there that's listening because you know i have a lot of folks that listen that's that's trying to get their life back on track you know maybe, maybe they're running into a lot of challenges and hardships you know what what would be your biggest um maybe advice or or kind of armor arm around them that you could give them to to help them to understand you know what you can do when when times are tough so as a, as a person that's dealt with a lot of mental health demons and stuff reach out to somebody um, that's my advice and just do it. Just reach out to someone, find that shoulder cry on. I'm a, you know, like I said, I'm a 358 pound dude, but I will cry <laughs> and, sure. you know, and, but I have shoulders to cry on or I have people to talk to, um, that now there's an outlet. And so life gets better. Like just, just push through whatever, whatever you're going through, just keep pushing through because, it's not, you know, it's literally not going to be the end of the world for you. You know, there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Tomorrow's always a new day. And I preach in sales. What I preach now is all it takes is one. So all it takes is one person to change your life. One moment for your whole aspect, or, you know, if maybe you're down in the dumps because, you know, you're, something's going wrong with at work. All it takes is one time your boss to go, Hey, you're up for a promotion or, you know, all it takes is one moment. And so that's what I live by is all it takes is one. Um, you live and you learn and all it takes is one are really the, the thing. So, but like I said, that's just keep pushing through and it'll, t- it'll happen. You know? That's awesome, man. And yeah, I, I, I do want to echo that, what you said there, like, you know, there's been such a stigma with mental health for so long. And I, I really like to encourage people out there that, uh, you know, you're never too big and tough. Like, I'm I'm an internationally certified life coach and I still get help. I mean, I still have the same fears and doubts and worries that everyone else does. Um, And there were times in my life where I buried that stuff and hit it. And it's, it's absolutely not a good thing for you. Like it's okay. You know, yeah. Okay. People are going to say what they're going to say, but you know, they don't have to live with you. You have to live with you 24 hours a day. So, Talk to who you need to talk to, Absolutely. you know, get with a coach, get with a counselor, get with a best friend, um, you know, get out and exercise, do things that, that are going to fill you up in your life. And, uh, and don't be afraid to reach out for help because I don't care who you are. Every single one of us need help sometimes. Uh-huh. And none of us are immune from, you know, the hurts that, that can happen to us in our lives. So, um, you know, before we wrap up here, like, you know, I'm real interested in, you know, in helping you move forward. That's my, my whole purpose in life and why I do this podcast, why I do interviews, uh, why I build the friendships I do. I'm really interested in helping you move your life forward. So like, how can people find you? I, I mean, if you don't mind putting that out there, I, I would love for people to, to come buy a mattress from you. I would love people uh, to come to the Academy and meet you. I would love for people to reach out and just say, Hey, Marco, man, I really appreciate the words, that you, the story you put out today because you know, it matters. And, and what you said today may change one. It may change a hundred people's lives, you know, yeah. listeners that listen to this, you know, how can people find you? Well, so first, if, you know, you're not sleeping, come and see me at Mattress Firm. I work in Grove City, Ohio um, and Reynoldsburg. Just ask for Marco. Um, I'm the store manager. I run both of those stores. Um, but if you want to just follow the journey or just reach out, shoot me a DM, um, on Instagram is really the best place. I, I'm on Instagram more often than I am anything else. And that's Croatian beast 11 um, is the best place to just shoot me a DM. Um, if I can't help you, you know, I know people that can. Um, and so, cause by promise I've reached out for the same things before. So um, even if you just want to talk or you just follow the journey, um, I think I'm, I'm a pretty interesting dude. I'm not, but <laughs> I, 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 I actually find you very interesting. Um, definitely why I had you on. I'm just like, you know, I was like, when we were talking here today, I was like, man, I can't, why have I not asked him to be on my show yet? Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, man, we got to do this. And I yeah. said, I'm, I'm real grateful that you came out today well, I'm um, to do this with me. Beyond stoked. So thank you so much. <laughs> hey, thank you. You know, the, the, I really appreciate it. So, you know, everybody out there just, uh, you know, there's a lot of really good nuggets to take out of that today. Uh, you know, and, and it's, and it illustrates, you know, out of all the interviews I've done, you've heard my story. There's a lot of other tremendous stories out there. Just recognize that, you know, as I say this often, we all walk a tough road, but if you learn to believe in yourself and others, build upon skills and techniques and go out and conquer your fears and dreams, you can have 
a really awesome life. And, uh, you know, and success is so much more than money. That's, that's a part of it. And yes, that helps. But, you know, it's really just like one part of it. There's so many ways to be successful in life. And uh, don't cut yourself short. Don't sell yourself short. You know, like a mentor of mine once said, look at your fingerprint. That makes you different than the 7 billion other people in this world. That makes you an original. You're an original. And like one of my favorite songs, you know, and I, I've said this a million times too. Um, it's a Sammy Hagar song and it's called Halfway to Memphis. And the lyric says, just be yourself. You're like no one else. There's nobody like you. You can't find it on a shelf. So just let the world know. Count three and let go before you turn around and go back home. So that's what I encourage people to do today. No matter what your situation is, Marco got through his challenges, his obstacles, and now he's living a great life. You know, I've worked through mine. That doesn't make a special you guys can do it too. And, uh, you know, just share the spirit of, of improvement and just get a little bit better each day. And if you don't know how to do that, reach out, get the help you need. And I promise you, you can have a great life. If you would just take that first step forward, the rest of them become just a little bit more simple after that. Didn't say easy, but simple. So once again, thank you so much for coming thank on you. the show today, Marco. I really appreciate it. You embody the Believe, Build, Conquer philosophy. And uh, definitely like to have you back on in the near future. We can talk about all kinds of things, whatever. Absolutely. I'll teach you some Croatian in the meantime. That would be <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm always about – I'm a sponge. I'm always about learning. So thank yeah. you so much, everybody. Uh, as I always tell you, be that Vita Bellator, that life warrior. And go out and believe, build, conquer your life. Take care, have a great day, and we will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody.